0: The following message was recorded for Wednesday, June tenth, 2020 by Dean Elders. The title of the message is The Symbols of the Holy Spirit, dealing particularly with the symbols of wind and fire. I'd like to welcome you once again to our Wednesday evening Bible study here at Central Park Neighborhood Church. And last week we looked a little bit into the subjects of the Holy Spirit and the symbols of the Holy Spirit. And we, last week we covered uh, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, uh, it reveals to us on the day of Pentecost, uh, it says, There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. It set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And in this portion of Scripture, we we are considering two of the symbols of uh, the holy spirit last week we covered the wind and this week we want to cover the fire and in just a little bit of review uh, concerning the wind uh, in john chapter 20 verses 19 through 22 we find here uh, jesus uh, talking to his disciples and he does something specifically to them it says here in john 20 verse 19 and then the same Day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, it says, Jesus came and stood in the midst, and he said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. In verse 21, Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, so I send you. And then, and then this is where we tie together the thought process of the wind or the breath of God and the Holy Spirit. Verse 22, And when he had said thus, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Ghost. So he breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Ghost. So we get the connection and the tying together of the thought of wind or the breath of Uh, of God being one and the same. We have the symbol of wind being the breath of God. So when we go back and we read Acts chapter 2, it says the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were of one accord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. What was it like? It was like a rushing mighty wind. It was the breath of God that blew into that room that day, and they were all filled with the Spirit of God. So wind then is a symbol. Wind is a symbol. And then that says uh, there appear unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. So we covered wind. Now let's consider fire. So the second symbol we see on the day of Pentecost is fire itself. Um, in Psalms 148, verses seven and eight, it says to us, Praise the Lord from the earth, you dragons and all deeps, fire, hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind, fulfilling his word so we see fire and wind fulfilling his word Um, symbols fulfilling his word bringing it to pass and bringing us a an understanding and bringing us a greater revelation understanding of the holy spirit himself of who he is how he works and uh, we've considered some of these things some of the benefits of having the spirit of god in our life We've seen how he works and that he's a person and that we have to have a relationship with him and grow in that relationship. And one of the ways that we do that is through growing in knowledge of the word of God in not only in the word of God, but a specific part of the word of God. And that is the spirit of God and growing in that knowledge so that we can have a greater relationship with him and understand why he is there and what he does, how he acts and how we can relate to him. So the second symbol that was displayed on the day of Pentecost was tongues of fire that set upon each of them. We found that in verse 3 of chapter 2. There appeared to them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. John the Baptist uh, really began to, in his ministry, began to talk to us a little bit about the Uh, Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, and this is what John the Baptist said. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And We find that in Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist declares, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost, and then he ties this with it, and with fire. So upon receiving the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, there's something else that comes along with it, and that is the fire of God comes with it. And then he says in verse 12, "...whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him." And so right here in this very simple thought that John gives us he ties fire he ties the baptism of the holy spirit and he ties some other thoughts into it and we're going to begin to look at some of these purposes why uh why is do we have the presence of fire in our life what what's the purpose of that why why did fire come with the holy spirit and So fire then is associated with being filled with the Spirit of God, and you're going to experience the properties of fire at work in your personal life. You're going to experience those things because when you get filled with the Spirit of God, you're going to find that fire came with that, and uh, sometimes we don't understand the fire. Sometimes we don't understand these things that uh, are there, but they have definite purposes, and God wants us to understand and wants us to be a partaker of them, and he wants us to uh, understand and grow in those things, and in that, when you have knowledge of those things, it helps you in your understanding in walking with God himself. I don't know about you, but there have been times I really, I have not uh, understood some of the workings of God in my life, and and I found myself fighting against God. I found myself fighting against the very things that God wanted to do because I didn't have understanding, because I, I didn't have a knowledge of the Word of God. Well, I today I want us to have a knowledge of the purpose and the reasons why fire comes with the Holy Spirit. So we've we've seen that uh, John says he talks about baptized in uh, fire coming and then. He talks to us about burning up chaff, and right there he begins to give us some clues about it. Fire is able to burn up all the things that it would feed on. Anything that's combustible, fire will will be upon it and will consume it uh, because it's fire. It burns up those things. A wood-burning stove allows the contents inside to be burned, but the shell of the stove, which is metal, is not consumed. And likewise, when there's something that can be consumed by the fire, you'll find that it will ignite and it will burn it up. And likewise, in our life, when there are things in our our hearts and in our lives that the fire of God can touch, it will consume those things. It will burn those things up. Uh, Let's read again Luke chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. John answered, saying unto them, All, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I, The latches of his shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, once again, and with fire. And then he gives us a little clue here. Whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And so when he's talking about chaff here, what's he talking about? It's a stalk of grain from which the kernels have been beaten out. So that which is... Uh, the fruit, uh, that this stock has grown and matured, when it's time to be, uh, released from the th- very stock that it has been in and grown and matured, it is beaten out, it is released, and what you have left is, is really an empty, an empty shell, uh, and you know, something that's empty and no longer has any value to the fruit that it produced. Um, Shaft speaks to us, than of the useless things in life. Priorities change when you become acquainted with your Heavenly Father. When you got saved, your life changed. You know, uh, many, many changes came to your life. You found peace. You found yourself living in, in peace with God. You found that, you know, sin that controlled your life, there was an answer for it, and the blood of Christ washed you. Well, that was just the beginning. And in that beginning, and as you continue to walk with God, there are other things in our life that will change. For example, your speech, how you talk changes. You know, I know a lot of people who uh, have come to Christ, and uh, we we call it this, they have a potty mouth. Every other word is a swear word. And when you come to Christ and your heart is changed, uh, you know, there's things that begin to change inside of you. Well, what is that? That's the fire of God in you. It it, it takes a hold in your life and changes you and it burns up the things that no longer are needed. Your actions, your motivations are changed. You're challenged by God and, and as you walk with Him and grow with Him many challenges come from Him and And the things that used to control your life, things that used to matter, things, the priorities, and they get burned up because they're no longer useful to you. They are no longer something that controls your life. They are no longer a life source, and they are no longer maturing things that are good, but they they are those things that would mature the evil things, and they're burned up and they're removed from your life. Fire... Not only is is a something that is in there that's hot that burns up the useless things, but fire is associated with the trials of life. To be filled with the Spirit opens the door to tests and trials to come into your life. Wow, that's kind of a kind of a serious, awesome thought. You think, wow, that. The joy of the Spirit of God is supposed to come in, you know, and, and I, I, I'm supposed to feel good. And yes, you do. And there's the whole, all these things are just exciting, no, growing and knowing Him. But then, what? I've opened my do- uh, the door of my life to fire. Yes. And uh, when you talk about fire, it talks about, and we'll read the Scripture here, that fire is associated with the trials of life. So fire, amen, is uh, is has a vital part in our life concerning trials. First uh, Peter chapter four verses twelve to fourteen. Beloved, think it not strange. Wow, think it not strange. He says concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Oh my God, I, 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 uh, I, this was all joy, and I'm, I'm smiling. And, and now you're talking about the fire of God, and you're talking about trials that are coming to my life. Yes, trials are a very necessary part of our growth in God and a very necessary part in our character and our life being shaped and molded. And it gives us an opportunity, Uh, one after the other, gives us an opportunity to be changed, Uh, changed in our speech, changed in our way that we handle our circumstances, you know. Most of the time, when things are difficult, people complain, people grumble, and people, you know, they say, Oh my, uh, I don't like this. And, and this is true. I, I'm here to say to you, There's things that I have uh, not liked, and I have grumbled, I have complained, but I've had to uh, all of a sudden be challenged with the Word of God when it says, In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's challenged my attitude, it's challenged. challenged challenge my way of how I handle my uh, thought process concerning the trials that God brings to me. So he says, don't think it's strange. Listen, you know, uh, this thing that we talk about, strange, this fiery trial that is strange, he's saying, listen, uh, this is not strange, but it is really, uh, you know, it's really something that you should expect and you should know it's coming. It's on its way. It's going to happen. So, this fire is is a calamity it's a, it's a test that comes to us, and when he says here uh, talks about the strange fire, it's talk about the burning by which metals are roasted and reduced i had uh, i think I believe I shared with you in this in this class about taking a piece of uh, raw gold to the jeweler and having him put it to the fire to that metal. Well, that metal did not stay the same shape that it was; it became molten and pretty soon there were little sparks of flame that would every so often would just shoot up and he said that's the impurities that are coming out of the metal well how did the impurities come out it came out because there was heat there was fire that was applied to the metal and so consequently when we are subjected to the fires of the holy spirit in testing and trying you're going to find that those things test your character they test the quality of the character that you have, and you have at that moment, you have the ability and you have the right to say, I don't respond the old way. I respond the new way. I don't uh, think the old way. I think the new way. I will cast down the old imaginations. I will put away the old thoughts, uh, and I will take on the new things and know that if, 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 God before me, who can be against me? And I know that all things work together for good. Even though it's a hot, fiery test trial that comes, uh, God is out to do me a good. That's a different mindset than complaining and say, Oh, God, or, or the devil is out to get me and, and complaining and hollering about, Oh, this is so hot. It's so heavy. No, begin to uh, consider this, that God is in your life and he's doing great things. So then we come to the point is, what is your attitude towards these fiery trials? You know, some people associate their trials as, well, the devil's after me. He's been after me all week, night and day. He's been there bugging me, and and he's been after me. And your verbiage becomes rebuking the devil. You know, I got up this morning rebuking the devil. And the situation I'm in and the heat that I'm in, I've just just taken it out on the devil. Well, we just read the Scripture where the Bible says, we're to think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try us. So then who is bringing this fiery trial? It is him. It is God. And in First Peter chapter 4, verse 12, we read that. Verse 13, But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. So we see that that fiery trial, it has a purpose, okay? If you be reproached for the name of Christ, what does he say? Happy are you, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. So it is he, Christ, who brings the fiery trial. The spirit of God brings the fiery trial. It tests our character and gives us an opportunity to change. I like uh, what the book of James says about testing and trying. Uh, he says in chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Now this is what he says, greeting, greeting, he says, he's greeting him. Hi, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations or trials. Wow, count it all joy. He says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Let's take a moment and look at this scripture. So he tells us, we just looked at, uh, don't think it's strange, the fire trial that's to come. So in other words, arm yourself with the thought process, when I'm filled with the Spirit of God, that um, fire is going to be part of my life, and that fire is to burn up and take away that which is useless. And then he says, don't think it's strange. It's it's not something that's foreign, but, you know, welcome it, all right? But then he says in James, he says, count it all joy, okay? Count it all joy. Well, count to count is an accounting term. This is... This is not something that's a negative in the books. This is a positive that's in the books, okay? Count it all joy. This is a positive entry into the books that you are going to have a trial and that God wants you to experience him and experience the joy that the Spirit of God can bring. So count it all joy, cheerfulness, You know, we think of joy, well that's jumping up and down and shouting and carrying on, that's joy. But this word joy is really talking about cheerfulness or calm delight. In other words, count it all joy, Uh, be with calm delight, knowing that God is doing something in your life. He is taking some impurity out of your life. He is perfecting you. He is changing you. And because he's doing that, uh, I can change my verbiage and say the devil is not after me, but God is out to do me good. And God, amen, has given me an opportunity to respond to him, amen, with thankfulness. Respond to him with the voice of joy. Respond to him with the sacrifice of praise. Respond with him, amen, of the greatness that he is. So count it all joy. So when we look at this, then when I think about counting it as all joy, value is associated with your trial. Value is associated with your trial. We find in First 1 Peter 1.17, it says this, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold. Wow, what a statement. Gold in this day is, has a huge, huge price to it and uh, a value to it. I'll read it again, "...that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, may be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ." So the fiery trial, the trial of your faith, it has tremendous value. It is precious. It's more precious than gold. So value your times of testing. Value your times of trials. Don't look at them and say, the devil's after me. Look at them and say, "Uh, first of all, I'm a purchased possession. And God is in the business of taking me through the trial. I didn't say stopping in the trial. I said taking you through the trial and coming out on the other side, changed and things that were useless are burned up, things that were of no value are taken away. And you come out on the other side, A, am going to say it like this, a more, a pure form of gold and that the impurities are being burned up. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Every man's work shall be made manifest. And how is it made manifest? For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by what? Fire. Your work shall be made manifest. Why and how? It's revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So uh, as individuals, every one of us, our work, the things that, you know, we are building on, the things that we are doing, uh, those things will be tested and tried and they are made manifest. Uh, Why is that? Because the fire of God comes to test and he comes to prove and he comes to burn up that which is useless and to really release that which is pure. Something else that fire does, and we kind of cover this along as we've been in this message, but Zechariah chapter 13 verse 9 really states it and brings it out. Fire is used to refine metal. And I bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined. And I will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, I will hear them, I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, what? The Lord is my God. So the refining of silver, and we talking about the trying of gold. Refining is talking about the heat, the fire that it goes through. Psalm 66, verse 10, For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us as silver is tried. So you see, the psalmist is saying, listen, we are like silver, we've been tried, we've been put into the fire, and when the silver is heated, all of the scum comes to the top and it is scraped off, and the fire reveals all of that. Psalms 48, verse 10, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Wow! Chosen us in the furnace of affliction. Furnace of affliction talks about heat and trial. Malachi 3 2. But who may abide the day of his coming, and who shall stand when he appeareth? He's like a refiner's fire and like full of soap. He shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. That Why? That they may offer unto the Lord. An offering in righteousness. There it is. You know, to experience a fiery trial, there's something that happens here. And when you experience that, uh, experience a fiery trial, it's to come to a revelation, really, that God is a consuming fire. So when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, and it says with fire, there will come a revelation to us, and there should come a revelation to us, that fire is associated with God Himself, and He is a consuming fire. In Deuteronomy 4:24, for the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Hebrews 12:29, for our God is a consuming fire. And when I think about an experience of, you know, a fire, I'm taken to uh, a man called Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, you'll find that Moses is on the backside of the desert. And when he's on the backside of the desert, he suddenly sees a bush that is on fire. But as he watches closely, the bush is not consumed. Yet the bush is full of fire. And the Bible says, and he's, it literally says this, Moses says, now I will turn aside and I will see this sight. I will see what is going on here. And uh, when he did that, then we find that, that the Lord begins to speak to him out of the burning bush. And it says this, Exodus 3, verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside. I will see this great sight. Why? The bush is not burned. That didn't make sense. And so... Then it says in verse 4, And the Lord saw that he turned aside. God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Here I am. So what did Moses do? He responded to the voice of the Lord. You see, the fire of God is connected to the voice of God. God has something to say to you in the midst of the fiery thing that you're in. And he is in the midst of fire. He's in the midst of heat. God has something to say. And when you get into a fiery situation, and when you really turn your eyes and your focus to say, what is going on here? Listen, God is speaking. God is speaking. God is speaking. Listen to his voice because he has something to say to you. And then this is what the voice begins to speak to him. He said, "Drawn out nigh hither, Put, take off your shoes from your feet. The place you're on is, and where you're standing, it is holy ground. Moses took off probably his sandals, uh, and when he did that, his walk was exposed before the Lord. The fire that comes, it involves your walk with God. It brings exposure. And when it brings exposure, praise God for exposure, because when exposure comes, then uh, there is can be a a release of the Spirit of God, to burn up something, to do something special in your life. It's not a wasted experience. Uh, it is a valid, it is a necessary experience that's coming to you. Moses was made to understand who was talking to him. He said, Moreover, said, I'm the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look on God. The fire involves a reverence towards God. It brings a reverence to us of understanding who God is and how God works. Uh, and our reverence of Him, amen, should grow. Moses hears the directive from the Lord. God is speaking to him. The Lord is speaking to him. And then, verse 7, it says, The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows. I'm come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians. And then he says he was going to bring them, basically, to the promised land. That's what he's really saying. In verse 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come up unto me. I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. So Moses hears the directive from the Lord. The fire of God that comes to us involves fulfilling the promises that God has given to each one of us. God gives promises, and God has promise things for us to walk in and to participate in and things that we should grow in. And well along with those promises, he sends the fire that comes to us uh, and that brings the word when we're in the fire so that we can respond correctly to the fire and so that we can develop right attitudes so that we can be actively participating in fulfilling the promises that God has. Moses receives a sending and a calling of the Lord from this burning bush experience. Come now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The fire is involved with bringing your purpose to the forefront. See the fire is burning the useless. The fire is is changing your value system. The fire is at work changing and molding and shaping your life and And when it's doing that, what's it doing? It's bringing the purpose, your purpose, to the forefront in your life. And it is not in mixture. It is not with things that would be mixed with you to hold you back uh, from receiving and walking in what God has for you. He wants to burn those things up so that you can be pure, so that you can be fulfilled in the destiny that God has for you. Moses asked, who's sending me? Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, who shall I say unto them? What shall I say unto them? And uh, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and, and you sh- they shall say, Well, what's his name? What shall I say to them? You see, he, was, he knows he's meeting with God, and he knows he's got a great challenge in front of him. And God says to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And God goes on and speaks more things to him. But Moses asks, who's sending me? Moses has a personal experience and a new revelation of God that comes to his life. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. God is in the midst of your fiery trial, and God wants to reveal himself to you in the midst of this whole experience that you're going through. You know, maybe it's it's provision that you need. God wants to reveal himself as the God that can bring provision to you. Maybe it's healing that you need in the fiery trial that you're in. God wants to come and give you a personal revelation that he's a God that heals. So in your fiery trial, look for the purpose, listen to his voice, and learn and grow and expect to meet God in a very definite way definite way that's our god that's our god so when he baptizes us with the holy spirit and with fire the fire is something we need to embrace yes things are hot yes get things get burned up yes things are not easy yes things uh, uh, will not remain the same They're not supposed to remain the same. We're supposed to be changed from glory to glory. We're supposed to be changed into the image of Christ. We're supposed to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I just give you this exhortation this day. Amen. Enjoy the fire. Amen. I encourage you, see, find, know God in the fire. The Lord bless you.